Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the uh, sixth part of Christianity and Socialism. And uh, this is the final part. This is a conclusion. And it's by Tom Watson. This is called Destruction of the Family. The pandemic and protests of 2020, along with the invasion of the United States Capitol this year, could not have been better planned by Marx or Gramsci themselves. These serve not only to advance the goals of socialism, but to obscure its progress from most Americans. In reality, the past year has given socialism the upper hand, moving it from a slow but successful long walk through the institutions <clears throat> to a sprint to the finish line with little to hold it back. Certainly not the government, the media, or even the church. It is evident that those elected to the highest offices in our land have embraced a socialistic mindset. In our last article, we began to look at the goals laid out 60 years ago of how socialism could overtake America. As stated previously, many of these goals, such as eliminating prayer in the schools and the acceptance of immorality as normal and healthy, have already been accomplished. In this article, we will look at goal number 40, discredit the family as an institution, encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Karl Marx and Frederick Engels in the Communist Manifesto called for the abolition of the family, seeing it as a capitalistic ploy for the means of acquiring wealth. The Black Lives Matter Foundation stated on their website since being taken down, uh, or since uh, taken down, even though their intent remains the same, <clears throat> quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another. Black Lives Matter was started by three women, two self-described as queer, with the admission that Black Lives Matter received Marxist, Marxist training. They also state on their website, quote, we foster a queer-affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. Although Black Lives Matter is a good slogan, their ideology is Marxist. And many on the left, especially the LGBTQIA community, stand with them. Lesbian author and activist Marcia Geshen reveals her Marxism by stating, quote, Fighting for gay marriage generally involves lying about what we're going to do with marriage when we get there. Because we lie that the institution of marriage is, going, is not going to change. And that is a lie. The institution of marriage is going to change, and it should change. And again, I don't think it should exist. End quote. Marvin Alasky writes, quote, The Black Lives Movement is utopian and unbiblical, so the leftists who now dominate the Democratic Party and complain about both capitalistic and heteronormative thinking. End quote. BLM's use of the words villages and collective quickly draws my attention because I've seen the results of such thinking firsthand. When economic collectives were initiated in socialist Russia and China, the end result was that tens of millions needlessly starved to death. Hillary Clinton, author of It Takes a Village, emphasized the village over the family and showed her affinity to socialism by writing, quote, We must stop thinking of the individual and start thinking about what's best for the society. Such thinking, end of quote, such thinking has been deadly. Adolf Hitler, the benefactor of National Socialism in Germany, said it this way, quote, society's needs come before the individual's needs, end quote. 
I have visited hundreds of villages and their collective farms in Russia where the needs of society, quote-unquote society, which is actually the ruling elite, took precedence over individuals. The collective farms are now defunct and lay in ruins. The villages remain, some up to 4,000 people living in poverty with no running water. This poverty is one of the reasons for the protests, as I write against Vladimir Putin, so much for socialism's utopia. As I stated before, when socialism prevailed over Russia in 1917, absolutes concerning marriage, family, unborn, and morality were cast aside. They wanted the same freedom that the progressive left in America wants right now. However, by the mid-1930s, Stalin realized his freedom was destroying marriages, families, the youth, and the birth rate necessary to maintain national defense. As a result, free love and free divorce, the pride of the 20s, were officially condemned. In only a matter of time, homosexuals would be sent to the gulags. Children belonging to the state under socialism resulted in alarming levels of juvenile delinquency. Demtrician writes, quote, On May 31, 1935, the government increased parental responsibility for the misdemeanors of their children. A decree of June 7, 1936 prohibited abortion except when medically authorized, made divorce more difficult, and reinstated the family as a basic unit of the social organism. The decree also provided state subsidies to large families, and soon thereafter the title Mother Heroine was given to women who gave birth and reared ten children. Those mothers who bore seven children received the medal Mother's Glory, and those who had five or six children were awarded the Medal of Motherhood. End quote. Now, how opposed... Let me back up. How would those opposed to Amy Coney Barrett's Supreme Court nomination, in part because she had seven children, and the depopulation elite on the left handle that? It is difficult to fathom that an anti-God mass murderer and atheist could realize the destruction of the family is destructive to the nation when the leaders of this nation do not. Stop and let that soak in. After the 2020 election, Senator Chuck Schumer and then-President-elect Joe Biden both vowed to have gender-free restrooms in all public schools. Biden, who seems fixated on transgenderism on his first day in office, through an executive order, required all public schools that receive federal funding to allow biological boys who self-identify as girls to compete in girls' sports. That's not just a lack of common sense, but discriminatory against every girl athlete in America. Abigail Schreier has pointed out that based on the 2018 data, 300 high school boys in the United States alone could beat Olympic gold medalist Allison Felix in the 400-meter run. Vice President Kamala Harris, known for her fierce defense of Planned Parenthood and prosecution of pro-like activists, will advocate little, if any, restrictions on abortion, now 66 million and counting in the United States. Does it really matter that a black baby is 3.5 times more likely to be aborted than a white one? Sixteen years ago, around 60 Democrats in the lower house were pro-life. Now there are none. Has goal number 15, capture one or both of the political parties in the United States been accomplished? No debate about which party that might be. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi wants to eliminate words like male, female, father, mother, son, daughter, and replace them with gender-neutral words. This is right out of the Marxist playbook. Roger 
Scruton writes, quote, From its earliest days, the communist movement had fought over language and esteemed the theories of Marx partly because they provided convenient labels with which to brand both friend and enemy and to dramatize the conflict between them. And this habit proved contagious, so that all subsequent leftist movements were to some extent tainted by it. Indeed, the transformation of the language of politics has been the principal legacy of the left. From the beginning, therefore, labels were required that would stigmatize the enemies within and justify their expulsion. The success of those labels in marginalizing and condemning the opponent fortified the communist conviction that you could change reality by changing words, end quote. In Marxism, historically respectable words are discriminating and abusive, and words and word meanings must be changed to bring equality. Not only does Marxism change words, but it also invents new labels. For example, the word gender showed up academically in 1955 when a uh, psychiatric professor coined it to say the sexes are interchangeable. Now we have gender fluid, gender identity, psi gender, and many, many more. Systemic racism showed up in the 1970s. Intersectionality, a word used by socialists in the context of discrimination, was first coined in 1989 by a civil rights activist. The changing of labels can have a direct effect on the constitutional rights of the church as stated below. Quote, the new president has pledged to sign the Equality Act, which would impose a massive blow to religious liberty. The most recent version of the bill would redefine schools, churches, and health care providers as public accommodations. Under that definition, if a house of worship abiding by church teachings refused to provide a unisex restroom for transgender congregants, the organization could lose its tax-exempt status and face excessive punitive damages and other retaliatory measures, end quote. As stated in the first article, Marx saw his ideology as scientific socialism. Scruton writes, quote, Here, I believe, is the most cunning feature of Marxism, that it has been able to pass itself off as a science. Having hit on the distinction between ideology and science, Marx set out to prove that his own ideology in itself a science. Moreover, Marx's alleged science determined the beliefs of his opponents. A scientific theory defines the elite that can understand and apply. It offers proof that the elites enlighten knowledge and therefore of its title to govern. End quote. So when the President of the United States says, we must follow the science, what science is it? Is it the politically correct Marx, Marxian Science that claims a boy can become a girl? Or is it true science, observed, tested, and proven, that tells us one can change his clothes, use hormone therapy, or even surgery, but a boy is still a boy, genetically determined as created by God, which cannot be changed? Socialism is built upon lies, and we know that the God of this world is the, is the father of lies. He is behind all of this. The elite on the left is lying to the American people and applying Marxian Marxian science to male and female abortion, racism, and their projected catastrophic result of man-made climate change. Professing to be wise, they have become fools. It is the God of the Bible who created all mankind as male and female, who knows the unborn as a person while still in the womb, who created only one race, the human race, and has predetermined the end of this present world. Of all people, Christians should realize that there is more to this than partisan politics and political correctness. It's an all-out rejection of the living God. 
In summary, the Bible is filled with warnings to God's people on the dangers they face. Although we do not know how far socialism will advance in America, we should be fully aware of the potential danger of the destruction of the family, the loss of religious freedom, and even persecution. If not, we are willfully ignoring the history of socialism. We must remember that we are not called to save America, but to share the gospel of salvation with the lost. Some Christians are more concerned about global warming than the fire of eternal hell. We must uphold the biblical standard and the parameters God has established for the human race as only male and female, and in marriage as only male and female. Finally, we must have the conviction to resist the perverted morality that comes with socialism, knowing it comes out of darkened hearts and depraved minds. Lord, we thank you for the truth of the Word of God. And indeed, uh, Tom is right. Uh, it's not our mission to save America in that sense. Uh, Lord, uh, our goal is to share the gospel, which really is uh, the only thing that really changes people from the inside out. Uh, the it is only the gospel that affects spiritual change. So, Lord, help us to be busy about our Father's business. Thank you that you're sovereign. Uh, history is charting a course, no surprise to you, and uh, Lord, we know how it ends. But in the meantime, we have work to do. Help us to be busy about our Father's business. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.